Welcome to a study of the book Philippians. Philippians is in the New Testament in the Holy Bible. And to start our first class together, I'd like you to get your Bible and walk with me through the Bible to give you an overview of the Scriptures. This study together over many weeks, beginning with the book of Philippians, will be a situation where we look at the Holy Scriptures and our desire is to hear what God is saying to us through those Scriptures. All right, now if you have a Bible, and there are many translations to the Bible, many translations, and go to the table of contents which lists the book of the Bible, the different books of the Bible, okay? Go to the table of contents and look at the books of the Bible, and I will wait for you to do that. Now, you'll see the Old Testament and the New Testament, the books of the Old Testament, the books of the New Testament in your translation. And what you will find is that there are 39 books in the Old Testament, and there are 27 books in the New Testament. And that equals 66 books of the Bible. There are 66 books of the Bible. Now, if you look at your Old Testament, just a quick overview, the first five books are called the Pentateuch. Penta, five. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The next set of books, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are called the history books. Genesis to Deuteronomy is the Pentateuch. Joshua to Esther is the history books. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, poetry. Some people call these wisdom books but they're clearly differentiated from the history books and the Pentateuch. And the last and fourth class is Isaiah through Malachi. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And those are the prophets, the prophets. In the New Testament, Look at your New Testament books. You have, first of all, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you have a very significant history book, the Acts of the Apostles, Acts. And then you have the letters of Paul. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st Thessalonians, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, or Philemon. There's 13 letters. Now, not all the scholars agree that Paul wrote all 13. That's 13. Then we have the book of Hebrews, written by an unknown author. Then we have short epistles, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and finally Revelation. Now, that equals 27. So, what you have here 
is you have five, four demarcations in the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, history, poetry, and prophets. And in the New Testament, you have gospel, history, Acts, Paul's letters, and then the secondary letters, or what some people call the Catholic epistles, along with Hebrews and the Apocalypse, which is called Revelation. Now, what we're going to center on is the book of Philippians. Do you see the book of Philippians in your Bible, in the introduction? Paul's letter to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Now, the order in which they're placed does not necessarily mean that's the order in which the author wrote them. Okay? So that doesn't mean that Romans was written first and Philemon or Philemon were, was written last. Now, this is not going to be a scholarly study. This is not going to be a seminary class. This is going to be a class where we are going to present to you the scriptures as we read them, give you some things to think about in terms of going through the text, not covering it in great detail, which I could, but I will not, and then having us think about what it is God is saying to us as a result of reading those scriptures. Okay? Now, we're not going to try to go quickly. At the same time, we're not going to go very, very slowly. Now, a couple of final words about the Old and New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, mostly, and a little bit of Aramaic. And the New Testament was written in Greek. Okay? Now, what you are looking at in your Bible is a translation from the Greek into English. And lots of different Bibles do that. The New International Version, the English Standard Version, the Revised Standard Version, the Jerusalem Bible, the various Catholic Bibles, the King James Version, the New King James Version, the New Revised Standard Version, and I can go on and on. There are many translations, and what, they, what the scholars do is they go back to the original language, Hebrew and Greek, and then they translate it into the English language, or it might be French, it might be Spanish, it might be Portuguese, it might be Arabic. Okay, translations all over the world. All right, now the important thing is for you to have a Bible that you have, that has some degree of good scholarly work and something that you can understand. The New American Standard Version is a pretty famous uh, interpretation of the scriptures, but it's sometimes hard to read, for example. King James Version, 1611, is very difficult to read because in the early 17th century they had words that we don't use anymore. Okay, so you want to find a good translation. I am using the New International Version, 1978. The New International Version, 1978. Sometimes the copyright is important because they change the translation um, every so often, okay? So, look at where Philippians is and go to it in your Bible. So, let's go to Philippians. Now, why did I choose Philippians? The reason I chose Philippians, if you look at it with me, is it only has four chapters. There's only four, so it's not long. Hebrews has 13. Luke has 24. Um, Romans has 16. 
Uh, Revelation has 22. Let's start off small and see how this goes. Okay, you've got your Bible open. You see that we have four chapters. You see that each chapter has quite a few verses. Chapter 1 has 30 verses. Chapter 2 has 30 verses. Chapter 3 has 21 verses. And chapter 4 has 23 verses. By the way, when Paul wrote this, they didn't have verses and they didn't have chapters. In fact, the Greek was continuous. So later on down in history, we, cha- we changed it uh, or we divided uh, his work into chapters and verses. Okay. So we started verse 1. So what I want, what I want to do in this uh, teaching is walk you through it, answer some questions, pose some questions, and then afterwards, or as I'm speaking, you might stop and think about it. You also might have, if you have a study Bible, you might have notes at the bottom of the book of Philippians in your Bible. Look at those after the teaching. The other thing you might do, you might have a commentary hanging around, or you might want to get one that'll help you with Philippians. Because we'll be doing this, I'll be seeing you on a weekly basis, and we'll just cover as many verses in our allotted time. And we'll stop, we'll pick it up there in the next week. All right. Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Now, where are we? We are in Philippi. If you look at the book of Acts, you'll find that the disciples were in Philippi, okay? And they were doing ministry there. And now Paul is writing to the people of Philippi, which are called Philippians, and he's addressing some issues there. Again, we're not going to get into the complexity of those issues or uh, exactly what they were dealing with. We want to look at what God is saying to us today and how we respond to that. But Paul was dealing with real issues in real time. We are in the first century, and we are probably about in the 50s, 50s A.D. And Paul and Timothy, now Timothy is a young man who is working with Paul and is a disciple of Paul. He is a very prominent and very strong Christian. In fact, Paul writes a letter to Timothy, and you'll see that several chapters, uh, several books into your Bible. Servants of Christ Jesus. Now, the way this works is that Jesus was born about 4 or 5 B.C. He died about 30 or 33 A.D. He was crucified. He was dead. He was buried in a new grave. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. Now, that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, when you read Philippians, it is assumed that you have read the Old Testament and you know something about Jesus Christ significantly. And now Paul is writing about Christ. He might say something about the Old Testament, but everything builds upon itself in the Bible. So you've got the Old Testament is a very important foundation, and then you're building upon that the Gospels or about Jesus. And then Paul comes along, and he is now doing ministry, and then he's also writing 
He's writing what we call epistles, and they are letters. And so he's writing to the Philippians. He's writing to the Corinthians. He's writing to the Romans. He's writing to Timothy. He's writing to Titus. He's writing to Philemon. He's writing uh, to Colossae, Colossians. He's writing to Galatia, the Galatians. All right. And he's writing specifically to those people, and they are called epistles. All right. Now, Timothy is part of this letter. Servants of Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus is alive. Jesus has died. He has been resurrected from the dead. He has ascended into heaven, Acts chapter 1 and the end of Luke 24. And he is now seated at the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit has been poured out at Pentecost. This is Acts chapter 2. And the Spirit of God has enabled a very significant group of Christians to do ministry, evangelism, in this area. We are basically in Turkey right now, okay, and um, in Greece. So it's in that area. Now, if you have a Bible and you have a map, you can go to the geography and see where um, Philippi is and Thessalonica is and Colossae is and the region of Galatia is and the Ephesus and, and Athens, of course, Corinth. Uh, there's not a book written to the Athenians, but there is a book written to the Corinthians. Okay? And so you can look at those areas. You can see where they are. In fact, uh, you should have maps that talk about the three journeys of Paul that you see in Acts. The three journeys of Paul. And it will show you where he has gone in each of those journeys, including Philippi. They are servants of Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus is alive, and Jesus is telling them what to do by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what happens is they, <clears throat> Paul and Timothy, are servants to Jesus. Okay? Now Jesus is distributing his instructions by the Holy Spirit to them. And telling Paul and Timothy what to do and how to do it. He's also empowering them. He, Jesus, is empowering them by the Holy Spirit to do the work that Jesus wants them to do. Because they are not only knowing Jesus and are saved, but they are now emissaries, missionaries, evangelists, ministers of Jesus' word. Now, the word that we call... The word that is given by Jesus that he wants them to give them is called the gospel. You probably have heard that word. You may have heard that word. The gospel. The gospel. That's the truth. That's the truth that Jesus is sharing by the Holy Spirit with Paul and Timothy, and then they are sharing that with the Philippians. Okay? God sent Jesus to do the work that Jesus did in that three-year period that we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus accomplished God's will by dying on the cross and taking our sins. And, as I said, died, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God. Now sends the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, 
And, and in sending the Holy Spirit, they, they have the message, and this message is the gospel. That's what they're communicating, okay? They're communicating the truth, which is the gospel. And that message is being given to all these people in this, in this area. Again, when you look it up uh, on your maps, you'll see this wonderful area that these missionaries are traveling in Acts to distribute the message of the gospel. They are servants of Christ Jesus. They are indebted to him. They are following him. To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, okay? So the message is going to the saints at Philippi. They are going to the Christians in Philippi. This message, together with the overseers and the deacons. Now, those are people that are taking care of the flock, taking care of those groups of Christians in leadership. Now, there's a lot of discussion in the Christian community about what an overseer is and what a deacon is, but we're not covering that, okay? Just letting you know, these are leadership positions over this flock, if I can use that term, or the shepherding of this group of people, and these people are in Christ Jesus. Now, what that means is they know him. They are located, they are in him. It's an internal thing. It's also a spatial thing, as the church is in Christ. Okay? All right. They are in the Lord. They are following the Lord. They are doing the Lord's will. They are doing the Lord's bidding. This is written to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. And he starts out with two wonderful words that are very, very important and very, very powerful. Grace and peace. Now, what you and I need in our lives... You and I need lots of grace, and we sure need lots of peace. Grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. What that means is, what you and I need in our lives is we need God's grace in our lives. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. It is a gift. It is a total gift. Now, where is this coming from? From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just going to mention words to you. Please forgive me if I don't go into great detail uh, uh, about them, but we're talking, obviously, about the Holy Trinity, which is a very important component, theological component of Christianity. And I've already mentioned the Father, the Son, the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit throughout this first uh, lecture together. So the Holy Trinity, three persons, one God. Okay? Three persons, one God. And the grace and peace are coming not from themselves, not from their group, not from their collection. It's coming from outside of them. I like to draw it this way. So here they are as a church or as a group of people, a community, and outside of them, supernaturally, supernaturally, the Holy Trinity is blessing them. And in this case, grace and peace. Shalom, you've heard that word shalom, peace. 
that inner security, that inner tranquility, that inner um, peace and calmness that God gives. Not something that you and I create. Not something you and I can work for. Not something you and I can make happen. Not something you and I can generate in and of ourselves. This is coming from God. This is coming from God. So, he's talking about the grace of God and the peace of God. Shalom. Great Hebrew word. Okay? And it's coming from God and the Father, and it's coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. Three persons in one God. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Spirit is God. They are all three eternal. They are all three preexistent. They have no beginning. At the same time, they perform different functions in the Godhead. The Father is sending the Son. The Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. The Son dies for us. The Holy Spirit doesn't die. God the Father doesn't die. The Son dies and is now and becomes incarnate. Okay? And that's where we get the Christmas Day uh, message. And, of course, the Easter message is his rising from the dead. All right. A good beginning. Giving you an overview of the Bible. Many of you know these things. Some of you, this might be a first opportunity to look at your Bible and read your Bible and kind of figure out what it means. For a lot of people, reading the Bible and opening it is a kind of a scary thing because they don't know what to, where to start and they don't know what it means. So I want to just walk with you over a course of weeks so that we can together look at the Scripture, look at the text, give you some ideas about what it means, and then have us think about what it does mean. I leave you with this thought and a closing prayer. And that is, we pray that the grace of God would be with us in this journey uh, through the scriptures and that we would have the peace of God that all of us seek from the Father and the Son. Lord God, bless this wonderful group of people that has joined me in this journey in the book of Philippians. Bless your holy word and bless your holy people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll see you next week.